always got all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Welcome into this Monday, August 14th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Spencer Punek, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, Dylan Bishop. We are back. And uh, disregard what you hear in the background. We have temporary AC in the building. As uh, I'm an, a, assuming Colin on EPT was made known, there's no AC in this building today. Yes, that was definitely made known. It was oh, yeah, very, was very hot until it came. Yeah. They kept mentioning it all the all the time. <laughs> it was hot. I don't know how you were back there. Uh, well, not any better, probably. Probably worse. It's always hot in that room. Yeah, it might have been worse. There, I mean, there's a window open in each in each studio, but it doesn't make too much of a difference. All right, well, uh, welcome into this edition of the Sports Mix. We weren't supposed to be live today, uh, but uh, some things got mixed up on the practice times uh, from the coaches because I forgot that today is the first day back for teachers. As we're a week out from school starting next week, teachers go back a week early. So that means all the practice times change as if they're in school already, as in the kids. So uh, we cannot make it out to Spring Wheels practice today, but we will be there on Wednesday. Uh, today we'll be going to Musselman practice uh, at 3 o'clock. Should be a good one to see what the Appleman can do. With uh, Eli Fleming being the new quarterback this year for them, they'll have Troy Wollaston back, and uh, you know they'll have their you know interior a couple guys in the interior defensive line, offensive line back as well, and uh, you know you you lose your deep threat from last year, obviously your quarterback from last year, but uh, you bring back a lot of things, Colin, Nick, Dylan, yeah. Else? You uh, you know, losing Baden Hartman and Ray Adamas obviously are big hits to the offense. So we'll see what sort of you know pick up in production these new guys can have, like Fleming and whoever else has to pick up the slack. But it's a it's a talented group over there. Having Troy Wollaston still is a big time uh, thing for them, especially on the defensive side. So hopefully you get a little more experience from the guys that are still around on that side of the ball, and you won't have to put up as many points as you might have with a Baden Hartman and. Ray Adamas duo on the other side. Well, I think one thing, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, to note is that you know everybody's losing people now. Obviously, you know you lose your starting quarterback. You lose one of the best, if not the best, wide receiver in the state last year in Ray Adamas. Um, you know that's two big losses. But I think Musselman has gotten to the point now where, the, as a program, they expect have really high expectations. They're expected to be a playoff team. They're expected to win you know, seven, eight, nine, ten games even potentially is something that they would like to do. Um, so uh, you know, they're a team that has really high expectations and they're a program with those expectations. So for them, they expect to retool and not rebuild. And uh, we'll have to wait and see how, how things work. It sounds like Fleming is going to be a really talented quarterback based on what we've heard. Um, but how does he fit into this new system, new team, new town, all that stuff, uh, you know, could affect him. So we'll see how he transitions. Um, I think Brian Thomas, though, is a really good head coach. I think he'll have this team playing good football. Um, after a down year a couple years ago, they bounced back last year for a really good season. So uh, I think at a program like Musselman and where they've gotten to now, where they have these expectations, it, it should be interesting. Um, definitely lost some big pieces, but return a lot of decent pieces as well, and I think they'll be a good team again this year. Yeah, and again, they have a very tough regular season schedule. They never back down from anybody, and it's going to be interesting to see how this team is because of these factors that all three of you have already mentioned. And because two years ago they just missed the playoffs it was something that hadn't happened a long time for Musselman and then on the other side now they're able to bounce back have a productive season last year and you partially want to expect the same thing because you know the big tradition at Musselman and how rich it is in football with success in the regular season to get to the 
postseason and hoping that continues for them. But it'll definitely be interesting because there's no Hartman to lead them and no Adamas to pick him up as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And uh, last, I believe it was last week, the Cofields and Co. Uh, you know that publication or website throughout the state put out their predictions for Class AAA, and they had hit them with four wins. So dropping back down to what they, you know, that kind of down year they had two years ago, uh, which I I don't see that personally happening uh, this year, just with the way that Coach Thomas runs the program and, you know, you have a new quarterback but he excelled at his previous school so it's not like it's a freshman quarterback coming in that hasn't done anything in high school ball. I mean, he's coming from the state of Maryland to West Virginia. Obviously, probably a different style of football being played. Uh, you know, different kind of intensities. Kofi's and Cole probably isn't aware of that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. You know, they're just going off the fact that they know that they lost their quarterback, they lost their receiver, lost a few other guys. Um, they have a really tough schedule. I think all that probably leads into that prediction. Still, though, it is a really tough schedule, so you could see a scenario where this team isn't, you know, toward the top, but I would think at least six wins for this team is the minimum, and you're probably going to see seven or eight. I'd be very surprised if Musman has a losing season. Yeah, I would be as well. Uh, but EPAC All Access filming at Musselman today. We should have the first two episodes of EPAC All Access out by the end of the week. Hedgesville and Jefferson, we were there two weeks ago before the fair came around last week where all our coverage was at. Uh, but, uh, you know, we haven't, I guess, uh, you know, been to all the camps yet where I feel like last year at this point we were going to one, maybe two more uh, this week where we have four more to get to this week. We'll be at Musselman today, Washington tomorrow, Spring Mills Wednesday, and then we'll be out at Martinsburg on Thursday uh, before as then we'll have made our lap all the way around the EPAC. Uh, but let's move on to Shepherd football here. Friday, I believe it came out on Friday, maybe Thursday. It was Thursday. Uh, the Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference announced that Shepard football had been picked first in the 2023 PSAC East football poll as voted on by the league's coaches. Shepard received five first-place votes with second place Kutztown getting two first-place votes and third place Westchester gaining a vote. IUP is the favorite in the PSAC West. They got six votes and Slippery Rock had two. Obviously, Shepard coming off of the you know final four the NCAA semifinals appearance last year at Colorado School of the Mines, uh, but you know on offense is where the last year the question marks were how is this defense going to be? Uh, we don't really know a lot about the defense. We know a whole lot about the offense. Now it's really the scripts are flipped where we know this defense could be very, very good this year, but we don't know what this offense is going to bring with the departure of Tyson Bajant, Joey Fisher, Ronnie Brown, uh, you know, few other guys as well, tight end position and wide receiver position. You know, you're losing guys there as well. And, uh, you know, another key lineman gone as well. But it just seems like the whole conference and all the coaches think that they're going to be ready to go on offense. Yeah, I think, I mean, Shepard has kind of earned the reputation as an elite program um, in the PSAC and or just in Division Two football, really, uh, over the last, you know, 25 years or so. So, I mean, this is a program that you expect, again, it's even on a higher level than Musselman. It's more like a Martinsburg if you want to compare it to high school. You know, you expect this team to be really good and be a playoff contending team and potentially even a championship contending team um, and they've kind of earned that reputation so I'm not too surprised by this but this is a very young football team I believe according to the online roster I texted you guys the other day that they have four seniors uh, on this team and, and and that's you know pretty young the last couple of years they've had a lot of seniors due to COVID and, and transfers coming in uh, not necessarily the case so this is a pretty young football team um, there's a lot lot of question marks you mentioned they're they're losing starters at every offensive position so there's not a whole lot retaining from last year you got a new quarterback new running back new receivers um, a new tight end and and new right tackle a new uh, center so I mean the majority of the guys are going to be new on offense which and you have a new offensive coordinator who doesn't have offensive coordinator experience so I think there are some concerns but 
with the knowing that Shepard has, you know, one of the best programs, I think the other thing is the PSAC East is the weaker of the two divisions. Um, I think it's fair to say that. Uh, where really Cutstown and Westchester are the only other competition, and, and they're going to lose guys as well. Westchester was pretty young last year. I think they'll be better than they were. And then Cutstown, I think, is going to lose their quarterback and probably some others that I'm not quite remembering from their team. But, you know, I still think they'll have a good team. They usually have a pretty good program. But besides that, you know, the schedule isn't too difficult when you're looking at the Eastern Conference teams that they're going to play, and you expect them to win most of those games on paper. So to have them pick number one really doesn't surprise me because of the reputation that Shepard has, the fact that um, even though they have lost a lot, they still have a lot coming back on defense. And overall, the expectation is that Shepard's going to retool and not rebuild and, and probably still be a really good football team. So um, not too surprised by that pick, especially with the other teams having to you know re- retool a little bit as well. So I'm definitely excited that for the Shepard season. I think it's, again, a very intriguing year because we have high expectations, but we don't know for sure where this team's going to be because there's not a whole lot coming back from last year. Yeah, that was my initial reaction uh, when I first saw it was to be surprised, but then Nick kind of covered the reasons that I kind of thought of afterwards where there there is this expectation that Shepard will be able to retool and get guys in. You know, Seth Morgan going to VMI before Shepard, and there's an expectation there that he can come in and be a pretty good quarterback for you if nothing else. And even though there's all those question marks on you know the offensive side of the ball for these new guys, there, there's the expectation that they're going to be up to the Shepherd standard. And also the fact that, like you said, Nick, Kutztown and Westchester, kind of those other two teams losing their own people. So when you kind of consider it, it's like, oh, wow, Shepard's still first? But when you think about you know Kutztown, or Westchester being the only being the other two big options, it's most more so Kutztown, but they're also losing a lot of talent, like you mentioned, Nick. So it's it's high expectations still for a team where a lot of these guys are going to be playing as starters for Shepard for the first time. So it, it's high expectations for a team that you know who knows if they should be that high, but. Uh, I, I have optimi- I'm optimistic. I have optimism for what Coach McCook can put together with with this recruiting class. My one kind of question is here. I believe Nick brought it up a few weeks ago when we talked a little bit of Shepherd football. Is your offensive coordinator has never been an offensive coordinator before? He's been a defensive coordinator. That's kind of where my biggest question brings is: Is Coach McCook going to be calling the offense? Well, I think you you had a similar situation last year where with an offensive coordinator with uh, with Haynes, where he spent a lot of his time previously as a defensive guy and a head coach, but not really. I don't remember if you. But you had he Tyson Bajant, you had Ronnie Brown. Yeah, if I remember correctly, I think Haynes had been an offensive coordinator previously. I think even at IU at IUP somewhere in the PSAC, but it, it had been a few years, and he was coming from being a defensive guy and a, and a head coach. But he had that prior experience. But this is a different guy. That you know, sometimes it's not a case of you know you kind of have to know offense to be able to coach defense and vice versa. You kind of have to know defensive schemes to be able to coach offense, to know what you're going up against. So there's a concern of, you know, in-game management and things of that nature where you can only get those that experience running scrimmages or actually in the game as an offensive coordinator when it comes to scripting out plays and things of that nature. But in general, I think... Uh, it's something, if you can coach one side of the ball, there's a solid chance that you can coach the other side of the ball just fine. might not be your specialty, but you can still do it. Yeah, and Tom Clark has been a defensive coordinator uh, at Liberty, so he has familiarity with Coach McCook there together in 2009. Uh, he also was at VMI uh, while Seth Morgan was there, so there's a familiarity there, which I think helps. Um, and he's been a head coach before, not at the college level, I don't believe, but uh, still, you know, he's, he's coached head coach, so obviously he has to know offense. It is just a little bit concerning because 
this is a big role, but I think with Coach McCook's experience as an offensive coordinator, I don't expect the offense to change that much. Obviously, Tyson's gone, so they might go back to more of a, a runs a more balanced offense than what we saw in the yeah. past. I mean, obviously they were pretty balanced considering Ronnie ran for, what, 2,000 yards last year, close yeah. to it. So, But it did seem like at times there was more of a, a passing focus and a lot of the brown yardage came on big plays opposed to uh, getting a ton of carries necessarily in some of the games. So I still have – I still think the offense will be fine under Coach Clark. It's just, you know, it, it is – a different position for him that he hasn't held before so how does he handle it should be interesting to see yeah it should be and uh it'll be interesting to see who takes the reins on that number one running back position role this year uh with ronnie brown gone i believe nazir russell's russell's gone as well um so i don't remember seeing him on the roster but i remember he went into the portal but i didn't know if he came back out of the portal uh but it'll be interesting to see what happens oh, no, russell's back so he is thinking back. of uh who are we thinking of? The power back. I can't think of his name right now. Hartman? No, no Hartman. We knew retired, Hartman was but, gone. Uh, That's the third man. Yeah. He got time. Avon Holly. Avon Holly. Yeah, yeah, he got some time in the games. Uh, but uh, we'll be out at the Shepherd Media Day scrimmage on Saturday to see what we can see where Seth Morgan looks as a quarterback. Who's the number two? I mean, who is the number two? Are we going to see it be Ezra Bajan? Are we going to see it be Sammy Roberts? Is it. Timmy Townsend, I believe, is still on the roster, or is it like like Lee Powell? Townsend's no longer yeah, on the Powell. roster. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how it is, and uh, maybe and we'll get an official roster too. Yeah, we'll Which have we'll the help. official roster on Saturday. Uh, but uh, let's talk about some former Shepherd players in the NFL. It all started Friday night with Ronnie Brown. He played for the Buccaneers, uh, who unfortunately fell to the Steelers. We'll talk about that, the Steelers side of it, later on. But Ronnie Brown had a carry for one yard and a catch for 10 yards. Obviously, being out of the backfield is a weapon. That's uh, what we like to see. What we know we can see from Ronnie Brown is he can do it all. It'll be interesting to see if he gets any time in the return game. Um. Yeah, it seems like he hasn't so far, but he should be. I mean, you would hope he can be a really good kickoff returner. I think. I think the thing is that too, it's probably hard to earn return time minutes yeah. since they probably have other guys that are maybe they already had a return guy that they liked. So it's also a lesser priority now because right. the NFL changed the rule to where you can fair catch inside the twenty-five on a on a, on a kickoff, and it'll just be placed at the twenty-five like it was a touchback. Yeah, and, and with them moving the kickoff up, you know, most of them go out of the end zone anyway at this point. So I don't know how much kick returns matter as much as they used to. And, no. and punt return is a little bit of a different position. I think Ronnie had a few punt returns at Shepard, but not a ton. So No, it's that's not even listed on their – they only have two uh, listed on their depth chart for kick returner, punt returner. Uh, Devin Tompkins is the kickoff and punt returner listed as the starter. And for the punt returner, it's Trey Palmer and then Rashad White uh, for the kick returner role as the second option. There's no other options, which is weird because, like, I know the commanders, they, they have multiple options on there. Uh, they give you know give guys different times during the game. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think he took advantage of what he was able to do. Obviously, when you get the ball late in the game, you're down. Not, you know, usually you're not going to run the ball a lot, so didn't get a lot of chances to run the ball. It'd be interesting to see in a game in which the Buccaneers, I don't know who they play next off the top of my head. Uh, I think they play the Jets, actually. Yeah, they play the Jets. It'll be interesting to see if they, if, if maybe even in their third preseason game, if they can get out to a big lead, see if Ronnie Brown can able to eat up some time on the ground. I don't know if that will matter too much since it is the preseason. I think one thing that does make it more difficult for guys like Ronnie Brown who are undrafted to make the team is the fact that they don't have the fourth preseason game anymore, yeah. which used to be when all those undrafted and guys fighting for roster spots would get their opportunity. It was the final preseason game to play, you know, all four quarters. So, um, you know, it would be tough for him to make it. It is a team that doesn't have great running back depth. I think when you look at the Bucks roster, uh, White's the projected starter. Other than that, it's kind of just a, a bunch of guys that are similar to Ronnie, you know, just kind of fighting for an opportunity. So I think there could be a spot for him, but based on 
the time and plays that he got out there, you know, he's kind of trailing in the competition, it appears. Yeah, the only, I'd say the only good thing about going back down to three games is that they don't have like four cut windows now. There's just one cut window. So all guys are able to be seen in all three games, uh, which I think is huge because usually you'd go from 90 to I think 75 after week one and then from 75 to 65 and then from 65 to 63 to 53. And then usually a lot of those last cut guys are your practice squad guys. But now it's going to go from 90 to 53 plus your seven, eight, uh, was it 10? Is it 10 man? I think it's 10 practice squad. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what Ronnie can do this weekend against the Jets. We'll talk about it next Monday on the show. Uh, Tyson Bajan was able to get some time in the Bears game on Saturday in their 23-17 to win over the Titans. He goes 4 for 5, 37 yards, a slick pass down the sideline. I believe that was kept as a pass because it looked like a catch. Yes. They were went to review it. I, I wasn't watching the exact time in the game when it happened, but I did see the social media video. Uh, it was a great throw down the sideline for a great catch. Yeah, it was, I thought, a pretty good performance by Tyson. Uh, his one incompletion was sort of when he got completed to the receiver on the sideline, but he didn't get two feet in bounds. Uh, there was one play where Tyson took a sack where he probably could have avoided it, got outside the pocket and thrown the ball away with a little better pocket uh, presence. He kind of stepped up straight into the line rather than kind of rolling out to his left or his right. But other than that, there was, those four completions that he had, you know, a couple of them were short little passes, but the, the, the back shoulder pass in particular, the one that you were referring to Spencer was really nice play and his first very first play he came in was a uh, bootleg play action play rolling out to his left which is something we don't see a lot from Tyson rolling out to his left uh, generally but he, you know here and there we, we would see it but it, it was also under center which I thought was interesting because he definitely didn't do a lot of that at Shepard or, or Martinsburg so that, that's an adjustment period uh, but it was a nice throw in the run you know running across his body right on the mark so I, I think he made a really good impression in the little chance that he got uh, just a couple drives in the fourth quarter they were also winning the game at the end so they were just running the ball running the clock out Colin made a point so it'd be cool if the Titans had gone down and tied it up and then you could have potentially seen a two minute drive drill from uh, Tyson Bajan, but they won the game. He didn't get to do that. Uh, the Bears take on the Colts Saturday night for week two. We'll see how Tyson does in that game. We were anticipating seeing two EPAC, pl- former EPAC players on the field during that game, uh, but it appears Musselman alum Trayvon Wesco uh, didn't suit up. Not sure if that was an injury or not, but if you look at the depth chart, he is listed as the number one tight end for the Titans. Uh, at least their unofficial preseason depth chart. So not sure if he was hurt and didn't play or he didn't play because he secured the starting tight end spot. So yeah, the Titans in general didn't play many many starters in that game at all. I think they only played two starters on the defensive side of the ball. I'm not sure what the final tally was on offense, but they, Ryan Tannehill didn't see the field at all. They were alternating drives between Malik Willis and Will Levis. Uh, which both neither of those guys really looked very good. And as for the other Bears quarterbacks, uh, P.J. Walker didn't look very good uh, either. J- Justin Fields had a perfect passer rating on three passes, where he, he went three for three with 123 yards, I think it was, and two, and two touchdowns. touchdowns. And I think it was negative seven air yards on those three passes. They were they were, they were all behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, it's interesting to see. But you know, looking at the, you mentioned a lot of the starters didn't play for uh, the Titans. Sean Murphy Bunning, Aziz Al-Shahir, DeAndre Hopkins, Traylon Burks, uh, Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Moore, Derek Henry, Kenny Bayard, and Omarni Hooker are just kind of guys that I know straight off the top are big starters. Uh, Naquan Jones in there as well, but Trayvon Wesco in there, so it, it makes me think he's going to be a starter for them as tight end this year. If he's listed number one on the depth chart, I mean, uh, there's not. But it's so a much preseason depth chart, so yeah. I don't know if he could get beat out. But I did see some guys on the tight end, the Titans, their tight ends. Either I think I saw on Twitter, you know, maybe a fumble or something during the game. I obviously wasn't watching the whole game, uh, but I think that's what I saw. Uh, before we hit the break here, let's talk a little bit about Joey Fisher. He got in the game for the 49ers in the fourth quarter. Uh, obviously, he's just an, an interior offensive lineman, so you're not going to see a lot of big plays happen from him at least late in the game. I did see a pancake block go around on Twitter uh, from uh, Doug Dorner. 
you posted a video of that on Twitter. Uh, but uh, it's great to see these former Shepherd players get some NFL action. And I know that the first team or whatever the first team was in this preseason game, that offensive line gave up four sacks. So that could be good for Joey's case if he did well, and maybe he can beat out some of those guys to make a roster spot. Uh, but obviously that probably wasn't the entire 49ers starting offensive line. Yeah, obviously we won't so know that Trey yet. Lance as well, I would imagine. Yeah. That will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Ken Parsons Ford in Martinsburg, they became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll come back. We'll talk Commander Steelers and Ravens as they all get wins in the first preseason game of the season, or of the preseason, excuse me. We'll talk about that on the other side of this two-minute break. You're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR TV 10. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be. Join us every night to relax and enjoy football or basketball games featuring either the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Shepherd University Rams, or West Virginia Mountaineers. We will have steak night every Wednesday, trip nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. You can find us on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. Nothing goes better with football than chicken. From peewee to the big boys to the wing tee formation, a hearty meal of 12 pieces for $12 is just what the boys need to be at their best. Oh, my. Fumbling, bumbling, stumbling. Omaha! Rocks 12 pieces of chicken, just $12. Hunt for the 10th state championship is almost here, and legendary head coach Dave Walker is back to lead the Bulldogs to victory. Make sure your business isn't hidden on the sideline this season. Call 304-263-6586 and become an advertiser on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 for the 2023 Martinsburg Bulldog football season. This is the home of Martinsburg Bulldog football all season long. Again, call us at 304-263-6586 to make sure your business is scoring touchdowns and not fumbling the ball this year. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Again, look at the throw, straight drop. He's got a man. Inside, touchdown, Washington Commanders, Jahan Dutson. Welcome back to this Monday, August 14th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, Colin, and Dylan, happy to have you with us there. You can hear the Sam Howe touchdown throw from NBC4's coverage of the game. Uh, that Chick Hernandez, the D.C. sportscaster that everybody knows, uh, with that touchdown call. Brian Mitchell on the call with him on NBC4. But the Commanders get the preseason win 17-15 to over the Browns. Saw some good, saw some bad, saw some ugly in that game, Colin. Yeah, I, I think you can still be slightly impressed in how you still want to see some growth. Um, you're worried definitely for sure about that offensive line because it looked pretty poor um, well, against the Browns. And then I hate to break it, it to you. Another injury this morning at practice, Sam Cosme comes off a limp. So he was one of the good guys on Friday uh, Friday night for the Commanders. Uh, But uh, Sam Howell finishes his 
couple of drives, I guess it was three drives into the start of the second quarter. Uh, nine for 12, 77 yards, a touchdown. Jake Jacoby Brissett goes six of 10, 75 yards, and an interception. Jake Fromm, five of seven, 26 yards, a pick as well. Uh, I think what we really saw is this Chris Rodriguez guy on the ground, five carries, 39 yards, 7.8 a pop. Uh, you know, didn't see a lot from the receiving core. I mean, you saw Cole Turner, four catches, 31 yards. That's good for a guy that missed a lot of time last year. We obviously heard the Dotson touchdown uh, with the one catch, or he had two catches for 30 yards. Byron Pringle made a big catch down the sideline, uh, and then it's just, you know, a lot of guys didn't do a lot, uh, but obviously when it comes to... How'd the X-Factor do? What? How'd the X-Factor do? Who's the X-Factor? Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson, he had two carries for seven yards. I thought he was going to change the game this season. And then I don't think he had two catches for 13 yards. Okay, but they were putting a lot of their other running backs didn't out there. Play very much. No, he didn't, because he's going to be their third down guy. Well, I mean, Ron Rivera said he's going to have a huge year, win MVP. He didn't say that. He said maybe <laughs> trying to use him more like McCaffrey, which still probably won't happen. But yeah. yeah. What I what I heard was Jacoby Brissett, 6 for 10, 75 yards. He had through an interception, though. And that's one pass. That's one like of the percent Hal looked pretty good from what I was able to see. Yeah. I mean, he looks really good. He went 9 for 12. I mean, that's better than 6 for 10. Uh, that is how the percentages work out there. That's I don't know. You're Hal or you're uh, Jacoby for a starter somehow. I don't see that happening. I mean, Jacoby still look good. He had the. I mean, he might start at run. some point this it's year, fun. but he's not going to be the week one starter. No. Sure. That's because I'm not the coach. Ron Rivera's the coach. He's going to make his decisions. I'm going to have my takes, you know. But Jacoby Brissett, he's a guy. He's a guy. I, like, I like him. He's a good. He's a very good backup to have, if nothing else. Yeah. Forbes looked good. Forbes did look really good. He, uh, for I think that that stop on fourth down answered a lot of questions because he's a small guy. Biggest question was how is this small guy going to play as a cornerback in the NFL? I think a lot of answers were questions were answered there. Uh, you saw. Casimir Allen, two returns for 41 yards, kick returns, two punt returns for 24 yards. Uh, interesting to see how that return game comes out. Do we, if he has two, if he has another good game in the return game, potentially he makes the roster to be the returner in the sixth wide receiver that doesn't see time in there. Uh, but you know, I think that defensive line. It seemed like the offensive line for the Browns, for at least the starters, were holding their own against Chase Young, Montez Sweat, uh, Jonathan Allen, and you know, Chase Young came out of the game. One of the preseason. Yeah. Okay, that's not very smart. But you gotta be careful there. Yeah. I mean, they stayed healthy, but yeah, that first drive, uh, the Browns were able to move the ball. Just came down to two goal line stops on third and fourth. So you like what you saw there by the defense, but that was really out of that first drive. The only thing you liked from the line was those stops. Yeah. Dorian Thompson Robinson continues to play well for Cleveland. It's true. Yeah. Should he be uh, the starter over Deshaun Watson? No. No. Mm. Not when they're paying him two hundred sixty million. Yeah, whatever it's it true. But it, does does that mean Thompson Robinson makes the roster over Kellen Mond, Josh Dobbs? I'll probably make it over Mond. I think they drafted him, so yeah. Yeah, they'll keep Dobbs. It'll be yeah. interesting to see, but they didn't really have any of their guys going. I mean, even Watson only had three passes. He went three for three for 12 yards and then three carries for 20 yards. But they didn't have, you know, a lot of their guys. In yeah, their like scene. Amari Cooper wasn't yeah. playing. Uh, I don't think Nick, Nick Chubb played. didn't play. So, so uh, you know, it's hard to, to rate that. But next for the Commanders, they'll take on the Ravens. The Ravens' preseason win streak continues barely. They get a 20-19 victory over the Eagles. Uh, Nick, what did you like from your Ravens that you're so fond of? The most impressive, unimportant streak continues. The oh, Ravens man. get their 24th consecutive win. I thought Tyler Huntley looked pretty pretty good uh, when well, he was in there. He's a pro bowler. Well, yeah, and he's the third-string Pro Bowl quarterback because Josh Johnson got the start, so that's pretty impressive. But... Uh, I thought it was kind of ironic, even though uh, obviously most of their big acquisitions didn't play. But I thought it was kind of funny how, uh, no, or I'm sorry, they bring in all these wide receivers and then Tylen Wallace and Devin Duvernay catch the touchdowns. It's kind of funny. 
but it's a nice catch by Duvernay. Yeah, good play. And, and I mean, he's probably going to be their fifth receiver. So uh, I guess that was good. Um, there wasn't a whole lot to take away from the Ravens because they didn't really play anybody. Um, I thought Malik Harrison did a nice job as you know a linebacker. That's probably going to be third string. So. There was nothing really I was that excited about. Zay Flowers had a nice little juke, but he only got a yard on the play. Yeah, that was uh, that was nice there. Uh, one of their undrafted free agents, Malik Ham, made a nice impression. He had the spin move for a sack in the fourth quarter. Uh, other than that, I, my thing it's a little disappointing for preseason is that you're not really going to get a good idea of Todd Munkin's offense, you know, what they're going to do put together. You'll get a little bit of it, but it's going to be still very vanilla kind of play calling and scheming in the in the play in the preseason compared to what you'll do in the regular season because you don't want to show too much i thought uh keaton mitchell is that his name the undrafted yep. running back i thought he did a nice job on kickoffs and uh had a few nice plays as a running back justice hill had a nice run i mean that's kind of a concern right now you know what's going to be the running back situation uh because jk dobbins is holding out and uh he's holding in nick well, he's not playing or practicing. So. No, it's the same thing. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't even know why he's holding out. But he's a running back. He won't yeah, make that much money. It's not he hasn't work played out. that much, so I don't know what he's really expecting. Yeah. The Ravens could draft another J.K. Dobbins, I think. But uh, they definitely need him for this season. I think that's pretty clear. Like for this season, they need Dobbins uh, because I don't really trust you know Gus the Bus that much to be very explosive at this point after the injuries he's had. Melvin Gordon is washed up and. Uh, you know, then you're relying on undrafted guys. So I, I want Justice Hill. Bring in the hometown kid. Ronnie Brown. <laughs> Brown. Bring him in. Yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> All right. Well, Baltimore and Washington take on each other next Monday night. I believe it's an ESPN game. Yeah. Monday night football. But before that, they have two joint practices together this week, tomorrow Thanks. and Wednesday. What? Lamar's, Lamar could have been a commander. Yeah, it could have. That would have been a joint practice storyline. Ron Rivera, he today in his press conference at 1130 made it clear uh, to Baltimore for joint uh, practices. We don't want any bleep. BS is what he said. Rivera says the Ravens are a great test and one of the best franchises in the NFL, and he wants his players to get great work, quote, competing against a very good a very good football team, end quote. So uh, another thing be interesting. before we move on to these joint practices, I'm concerned about uh, Jobo and Owe, even though they were barely out there. They didn't set the edge very well in their, their limited plays, but... well. They got another one. They were they playing the one. Eagles, who just seem to always have like nine really good offensive linemen at any time. Same. Backups are like starters. So right yeah, now, we're, our faith has got to be invested in Jadavion Clowney muling his no other off- offers to come to Baltimore. <laughs> like, what's he muling? He doesn't have any other offers. Wasn't he visiting Mulling. Jacksonville today? Yeah, Mulling? he was. Mulling, muling. Mulling offers? Mulling offers? He's mulling the offers? I don't know. What's he looking at? (laughs) Jacksonville. Saxonville. Saxonville is like 20... Duval! 18. He wants to bring it back. Run it back. He can't get sacked. Davion Clowney's also 2018. He hasn't been good since he made that hit against South Carolina... Or against Michigan. Yeah. But uh, Commanders and Ravens going at it in joint practice this week. Should be good to see the intensity in those practices. Uh, then there'll be Monday night, which you can hear all the Commanders games on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM AM 740. Almost couldn't be able to, but it did end up working out. Uh, let's move on to the other team that we carry parts of their games here on Talk Radio WRNR. The Steelers, we mentioned them a little bit with Ronnie Brown as he was on the Bucks. Steelers get the win 27-17 over the Bucks. Um, Kenny Pickett looked good, 6 of 7, 70 yards, and a touchdown, a great touchdown throw, 33-yard touchdown pass to George Pickens, who really was all Pickens in that one. Uh, but then Calvin Austin the third has two catches, 73 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, the backups looks pretty, I would say, well, I guess backup, you would think now Mason Rudolph gets the second-string duties, but who knows? Mason Rudolph goes 7 to 12, 132 yards, a touchdown. Uh, Mitch Trubisky goes 1 for 4, 10 yards, and an interception. Uh, also, we have breaking Ravens news, according to Adam Schefter. J.K. Dobbins. No, no, J.K. Dobbins coming off the PUP list Monday. 
and he realized right. he wasn't getting paid. Yeah. Wow. There we go. Um, cool. <laughs> All right, well, the Steelers get, Steelers get the win. I'm buying the Steelers. You're buying the Steelers? If I wasn't a Ravens fan. They'll take on the Bills Saturday, this Saturday. I like Kenny Pickett. I like George Pickens. He's Justin Jefferson 2.0. Well, they're uh, going to make the playoffs. Yeah. There's no uh, way the Steelers do it. The division is so tough. And the AFC is so tough. You can see 11 win teams not make the playoffs in the AFC this year. Just this franchise, I feel like there's no way they miss two straight years, right? Yeah, it might be out, the Bengals. Maybe. Somebody's got to be out. Yeah. Somebody does out of this division. Who's the Browns be? are probably going to be out, right? Yeah. Unless Deshaun returns yeah, the to elite level. All right, well, that will do it for this segment of the sports. Joe Mixon gets suspended. Brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just appliance store any longer. Get your Traeger grills at Orsini's at 360 Hackwell's Way or online at Orsini's.com. When we come back, we'll talk uh, Nationals and Orioles. Nationals get a sweep this weekend. The Scrappy Nats on the other side of this two-minute break. You're tuned into the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 back in two minutes. Shop now and save at Orsini's today. The Joint Commission, in conjunction with the American Stroke Association, recently awarded WVU Medicine Berkeley Medical Center advanced recertification as a primary stroke center, which signifies WVU Medicine's dedication to fostering better outcomes for patients and demonstrates that our program continues to meet critical elements to improving outcomes for stroke patients. WVU Medicine Berkeley Medical Center is committed to providing patients the highest quality stroke care in the region. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire. Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti. When you need justice. Do you need a place to go for a quick tobacco, soda, snacks, cigarettes, or beer run? Well, then you're in luck because Enter and Exit has convenience without the cost. Enter and Exit right off Route 11 is located at 31 Meadow Lane in Martinsburg and soon to be opening in Chambersburg, PA. Enter and Exit is open Monday through Saturday from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. and Sundays from 9.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. For great convenience without the cost, stop on into Enter and Exit today. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this Monday, August 14th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, Collins, and Dylan, happy to have you with us here as we get into our third segment today. Uh, the Nationals are looking good of late for, I guess, no reason except for the fact that they know they can't have a top 10 pick in the draft, so they might as well put some effort in as... Uh, they swept the Athletics, winning 8-2 Friday, 3-2 Saturday on a Caber Ruiz walk-off home run. And Sunday, 8-7 on a wild six-run ninth inning as Jeter Downs walked it off on a single. The Nats are 7-3 in their last 10 and 19-12 and since July 8th. They have an off day today before they welcome the Red Sox in tomorrow for three. Uh, the Nats, I don't know what it is, but their offense at home is actually coming alive. They don't like to have offense at home. They're very bad at home this year. I know. And they've turned it around of late. It helps when you're playing the Oakland A's. That does help. (laughs) It's hard to play at home when all your fans are in Montreal. And you have to play in D.C. (laughs) 
Don't get me started on <laughs> today. <laughs> Immaculate grit. But PTSD. And that's looking yeah. good. Their prospects looking good as Dylan Cruz, I believe, went five for five yesterday with two home runs in low A. He needed to at least go to high A before uh, the end of next week at the way that he's hitting. Hopefully get him up to Harrisburg to end the season. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, what you would think because there'll be oh, some... There'll be some spaces in the roster once uh, September 1st comes around when you can call up some guys. Yeah, we go to Harrisburg, go to the Sunners game. We don't really have time for that. It sounds like another guy in the minors that, that I've been hearing away. a lot about. For I don't know. He's, he's too young. Jackson Holiday? That's right. Jackson Holiday. I don't Holiday think he'll have... come up this year. No, no way oh. he comes up this year. Maybe I, midseason I next year. I would say no way, but I would be surprised. Uh, I would say no way only because he's, one, he's too young, and two, they have a great outfield already. Infield. Infield. Well, they don't have a great shortstop, but uh, when they they don't put Gunner there, you know, but... I would be not shocked in the sense that they did the same with Manny Machado, although that obviously wasn't a team with the best record in the American League. That was a team that had nothing going on. They were like, they might as well call it. Well, it was the 2012 Orioles, I believe, when they called Machado up, and they made the playoffs. Is that, what, they, is that what it was? I think they brought up him and Bundy around the same time. when they Dylan were making, Bundy. Making their run. I think Bundy came up in September, but... Uh, that was a completely different brand organization. I mean, Dan Duquette was the GM at the time, obviously. Yeah. Mike Elias is the GM now. But, yeah, they they had theirs precedent with the Orioles calling up a – I mean, Manny Machado played one game in double-A, I think, and then was called up to the major leagues. And I think and while he was still a teenager the way that Jackson Holiday is. But yeah, still, well, be, Anthony Rendon did the same thing. And what is Anthony Rendon doing? He can barely play 60 games in a season. Well, that's, I saw that video the other day, and I just laughed. The Nationals still chose wrong. They had to choose between Rendon and Strasburg, and they still chose wrong. Eh. Strasburg helped them win a World Series. No, this this was after the World Series. Oh. This was Strasburg opting out. He wants this huge contract. Right. And then Rendon's contract was ending. I don't know. I'd rather. Okay, I got All right. Well, the O's win their series over the Mariners. Did they do that King Felix thing? They disrespect the real King Felix. They won I mean, on the day that he was inducted. And Felix if Batista you consider got the, disrespect, the yeah, the Felix Batista going out, pitching two innings, and getting the win, disrespect on King Felix. Day. Yeah, he's yeah. not the real King Felix. King he Felix played for the Orioles. Never in the majors, but he was there. Well, Never Nick, in, the, in the majors. Nick, we're not allowed to talk about guys who used to play for the Orioles. That would get you suspended by Masson. We don't have a broadcast contract with them, so now don't you have to worry about it. Sorry, I just had to fit in the <laughs> Kevin Brown thing somewhere since we didn't have shows last week. Glad, glad he's free to free to say things now. Apparently, he that none of that never happened. I yeah, think he tweets. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. None of that ever happened. What do you think about that, real fast? I yeah. think he had to tweet that. I think they yeah. yeah, he definitely that. didn't have any any sort of weapons pointed at him while making a statement, typing it up. He definitely did that on his phone, free will and evolution. accord. Yeah, free will and accord. All right, well, that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the side of this break, we'll wrap things up. I believe the AP Top 25 first poll just came out. We'll talk about that and uh, maybe some NBA basketball if we have a time. On the other side of this two-minute break, you're tuned into the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR TV. Then back in two minutes. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it. No questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. 
Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center at 800 Emmett Rouse Drive, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. One of the questions lawyers get asked the most is, what is my case worth? I'm Stephen Skinner, and this is my brother Andrew with Skinner Accident and Injury Lawyers. The truth is, it's very difficult for a lawyer to pinpoint a number because every case is different. We get to know each situation and we'll give you an idea of what your case is worth and why. The sooner we get involved, the better we can do getting you the compensation you deserve. Google Skinner Lawyers or go to SkinnerWins.com. We'll treat you like family. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix for your August 14th. 2023 brought to you in part by the Marius Group of America Prize Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue or call 304-263-4343 to make an appointment. Spencer, Nick, Colin, and Dylan, happy to have you with us here. Do we want to, we could save top 25 for tomorrow and I guess maybe harden for tomorrow because we don't have a lot of time. Yeah. Did you, did we talk about this off the air? Apparently, Michael Orr was never adopted. He's in a conservatorship. Now this is ESPN Top News. So, yeah, he. it sounds like he's saying that Sean Leanne Tui essentially, you know, signed themselves as his conservators. And his problem is he's following a lawsuit is that he didn't see any of the royalties from the blind side. All the money went to the Tuies and the, and their, their kids, their biological kids that, you know, obviously were in the movie played by, you know, Sandra Bullock and was it Keith or which which country singer was it that played the husband? I don't remember. Oh, I remember, but I can't remember. Keith Urban. Not oh, Keith Urban. One of the, Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw. There it is. But yeah, apparently they were just scamming, and he's basically saying that they adopted him, quote unquote, when really it was, they were signing, you know, giving, taking all of his, you know, financial freedom, and they they scammed him basically because they. Can I tell my bad joke again? No. The 14-page petition was filed in Shelby County, Tennessee, probate court, alleging that Sean and Leanne Tui uh, basically took him under as a conservatorship instead of adopting him. This is a whole thing that could he's go saying, on for a while. He's saying they only took him in because they knew that he could make money off of the, They could make money off of him because he would make it to the NFL. He was blindsided. All right. On that note, that'll do it for this edition of the Sports For Dylan Bishop, Colin McLaughlin, I'm Spencer Precinct. So long. We'll talk to you on the edition of the Sports Mix tomorrow.